This is the Manly Sports Podcast. Hey guys, we are back with another episode after a few weeks off. Unfortunately, we have become extra busy lately, which is why the podcasts have become a little bit less frequent. And speaking of busy, Ryan wasn't able to make the taping of this episode. But thankfully, you won't have to hear me give a long monologue, because I have a really interesting guest today. My friend James Maloney will be joining me on the show to talk about a unique but rapidly growing sport called eSports. James is considered a professional video gamer, which just a few short years ago would have sounded like a joke. But this is no joke. Esports are taking over, and we are going to tell you why. We are also going to dive into a little bit of March Madness reactions now that the tournament is over, as well as some NBA talk surrounding Magic Johnson, and a little bit more. Let's get to it. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to help us out, the best thing you could do is head over to our Apple podcast page, Manly Sports. Scroll down to the bottom, give us a five-star rating, and write us a great review. All it takes is a couple seconds, and it'll really help us start reaching a wider audience. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, well I'm here with James Maloney. Uh, James and I went to high school together and now he's involved in a few different things, one of them being eSports. He threw us a shout out on Instagram, so we wanted to bring him on and get his thoughts. So for those of you that don't know, James, why don't you dive a little bit into eSports a little bit and what they are, but first just introduce yourself. All right, sweet. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, my name is James Maloney. Um, James and I, we went to high school together, kind of grew up together, but you know, we've gone our separate ways, but here we are later on in life, kind of meeting back up again. But, uh, I'm 25 now and, uh, I pretty much graduated college, got a business degree and, you know, like every college kid is like, oh, well, what do I do with my life now? And, being a business guy and an entrepreneur, I thought about, you know, creating my own business. And I've always been a gamer. I've played regular sports before, or, you know, I still play them to this day, but um, I just always had a passion for gaming. And so I decided to try to make YouTube videos and get into like competitive gaming and all that. And you know, with this podcast being a sports podcast, I thought that talking about esports would be a, you know, a, a good topic to discuss. And esports is basically, you know, kids that kids, adults, whoever happens to be, they'll play video games in a competition, whether it's one on one, two on two, a full team against another team, and they're competing for money at the end of the day. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how everything has changed. You know, with nowadays, you, you view someone that's a professional if they get paid to do something, whether it's a sport or whatever. And these kids now, they're making some serious money from playing video games. So it's kind of slowly been evolving into a sport. So that's primarily, you know, what I'm trying to do, trying to get to that level of, uh, you know, becoming big on YouTube and Twitch, which is a live streaming service that they, you know, everyone uses in gaming and, uh, just, you know, trying to grow from there and see what happens. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I've been seeing the, the rise of it, uh, over the last five years or so. And, uh, it's cool to see like something where you'll be like, Oh, I just did that for fun when I was growing up, but turning it into something that's actually, uh, profitable where you can actually, you know, essentially work, uh, off of, or, or live off of that. 
Um, I was looking into some of the numbers. It's kind of crazy. Like, so video games themselves are like a hundred billion dollar market. Um, but esports essentially are growing at like a rapid rate along with that. It looks, I was just reading, it says like it's experienced growth of like 38% in the last two years. It's estimated to be worth $5 billion by 2020. And just, it says like, that's the tip of the iceberg. So it's kind of crazy to think that like that is now becoming a whole industry of itself. Um, so James, you know, with esports on the rise, are there legitimate earning opportunities for people that are just starting out or how long does it take before you can kind of start getting, uh, making it sustainable? Um, well, you know, that, that's, that's always the question when it comes to business in general, you know, you could have the best product in the world, but if you have no customers that are willing to buy it, then really your business means nothing. So, but I mean, these kids nowadays, if you can make it big on YouTube, you can make it big on Twitch, be a big competitive gamer, you can pull in some serious money. I mean, there's a, most people know the game Fortnite. Most people play it or they've played it or know about it. Uh, one of the top players and streamers who was kind of with the rise of the game, his name is Ninja, he made in one month when the game like really took off, he played with Drake, Travis Scott, a couple more celebrities, and then all of a sudden you know, the game blew up and he blew up. And he pulled in in one month $1.2 million with all his earnings Jeez. from Twitch, from YouTube, from uh, from his sponsors, you know. So we're we're talking some serious money now, you know. That that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I mean, and that's crazy, you know. Like with us growing up together playing sports, you know, I, I know you were big with football and I was big with basketball. If we would have went up to our parents and said, "Hey, you know, I want to be in the NFL or I want to be in the NBA." At least there's somewhat of a, you know, a way to achieve that. Okay, well, you know, I got to play in high school, I got to play travel, then I got to make it to college, and then hopefully get into, you know, the professional sports league. Where, like, when I was young, if I would have said that to my dad or my mom, they probably would have killed me. But nowadays, you know, it's like there's actually like somewhat of a method to doing that, and there's proof of it, you know, with the internet and technology. Now, now your parents can just look it up and be like, "Oh my god, these people are actually making some serious money." So it, it's like slowly evolving and coming into something, and you know, just as you said, they're basically just hitting the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it, it is it is crazy. I mean, we could talk more of the numbers. I mean, it's crazy. I I, I wanted to say it, but. They with uh, like Fortnite, you know, they, they have the the numbers with that game are just astronomical. I mean, they say like one 150 million people play the game and which that means like 200 million people know about the game because, you know, little kids are going up to their parents like, hey, you know, I'm playing this game or can you buy this for me for the game? And uh, Epic Games, which is the creator of Fortnite came out with a hundred million dollars in prize money for tournaments that they are having Jeez. for, you know, for professionals, for amateurs, for all so that. So like anyone could enter that and just kind of get involved. Yeah. I mean, I, I've entered into a couple of them to try to get my, to try to get into it. Now it's, it's very difficult. You know, obviously you're going up against kids that are amateurs or, you know, kids, adults, whoever they are that are really good you have to deal with professionals as well so it's you know it is pretty difficult but they have it available for you 
where you can try to play in it. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen with my own brothers, just Fortnite become like a, <laughs> like a religion, you know, right. it's, it's crazy. And, you know, you just see these people that play every single day throughout the night and it's become like almost like a social thing to do. I mean, you see a lot of people playing with their friends all the time and, you know, it's like, it's become like a new hangout spot. So really it has exploded. And, you know, right. as they keep adding more and more, uh, you know, additional content to the game where you can make purchases and things like that, it's just going to keep growing. And, you know, we'll see what's next after that, even to, you know, build off of that game into some new things. So right. that that's how I, I stay in contact with, you know, everyone back from New York is through playing video games. You know, I, there's, Tons of guys from from our grade, even belower that I was friends with that, you know, I might see him four times out of the year when I come back to New York. But I can I can literally get on Xbox any night, any day out of the week and one of them will be on and we could still have, you know, somewhat of a relationship and talk and, you know, joke about this or joke about that. So it's cool how it, you know, with just technology in general, how it can bring people together no matter how far away you are. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great point. Um, technology has lots of, you know, like people always knock it. It's like, you know, you're spending so much time on this. Why aren't you doing other things, being more productive? But it definitely has a lot of positives, too, as far as maintaining different relationships for with people that you never see. Right. So yep. definitely a cool way to do it. Um, you know, I know I enjoy like using group texts to stay in touch with college buddies. And, um, you, when I can get on a video game, you're right. It is easy to just reconnect with guys. You just never see. So, um, definitely cool, man. I read, I read an article recently that was saying that essentially like kids are actually being almost like in certain countries. I don't know if they're doing it in America yet. You may know, but <clears throat> are actually like preparing kids through education, uh, like opportunities to become good at video games. Yeah, it, it's 100% true. They have coaches that'll teach you, you know, like even with Fortnite, you can like hire a coach to teach you how to play the game. I mean, it's it's evolving rapidly here. Now, the, the crazy thing is, you know, if you're involved, if you play video games, you, you kind of understand it. But if you're involved in it as much as I am, the craziest thing is over in asia and like china japan korea their esports scene is the equivalent of like the the nfl here i mean they're they're players that play game you know play on teams over there that are playing video games they're like celebrities over there i mean it's serious money and now it's like slowly coming over into the american scene it's pretty big in europe but uh it's, it, you know, now they're slowly like, oh, okay, well, I can get get on Twitch, get on YouTube and try to build myself, build myself, you know, depending on what game you're playing, uh, you can join, they have like clans, which, you know, that's like basically like a team that's, you, you know, your New York Jets or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, you end up joining them and then just kind of build and build and build. And then before you know it, hopefully you have something successful. That's awesome. So how long have you been involved in it and have like you seen some success? I know you're, you've built some somewhat of a following and, you know, so how long have you actually been doing it in the sense that you're, you're trying to, you know, gain viewers, earn money and, and how well has it been going as far as, you know, the ramp up? Well, it's been, I, I've been doing this right now for probably about 
I'd say eight to nine months, but I took the first four months. See, I'm kind of running this like a business. So the first four months was basically like kind of getting myself prepared. Okay. What do I need to buy? How do I use this? How do I learn how to do this and that? So being like an actual live channel and streaming and coming out with YouTube videos, I've probably been doing that for about five months. That's now. I actually started this or I started making YouTube videos and doing all that back when I was 14. And I, I kind of tried it out. I was a part of a clan way back then with some friends and we competed in matches, made YouTube videos and all that. But I was, you know, young and dumb at the time and wanted to pursue basketball and other, you know, endeavors. So I focused on that rather than focusing on the gaming aspect of it. So, you know, I, I've been doing this for nine months now, but I've been a gamer since I was a little kid. So, okay, cool, man. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really interesting and, you know, I'm starting to wonder like how many people are going to get involved in it and, you know, people that like may have enjoyed gaming growing up and just haven't, you know, haven't really gotten into this scene, but you know, when they start hearing about it, it could become more mainstream. So that would be really awesome. Um, you know, so as far as, you know, you said there's a couple different platforms you use like Twitch and stuff like that. So like, was it pretty difficult in the beginning to figure out like how to get things rolling correctly and like, you know, streaming and all these different things? Yeah, it, it was actually, it was more surprising, surprisingly difficult than I even thought it would be. Uh, you know, I had a lot of trouble, you know, having a solid internet connection because, you know, you're trying to stream or make YouTube videos in a higher quality. You know, that that's the biggest thing. The, the first two things that people pick up on, because nowadays people have such a short attention span that, uh, you know, they want to see how well the video is. Do you grab their attention right away? And they want good quality. If you cannot achieve that within the first five to 10 seconds, then they're immediately going to click off your video and go find someone better. So trying to figure that out, get a solid internet connection, learn how to use these platforms, even something as simple as Instagram. You know, most people don't know Instagram. You can actually set your account up as a business account which that allows me to promote posts and reach new people. And I actually get insights into who is viewing my posts. Is it men, women, where are they from? What's the age demographic? So, you know, it's, it's a lot to learn. And that's why it took me four months to kind of get a good understanding of a little bit of everything. And then it was just a matter of, all right, well, let's just push that button, hit record and let's get to it. Yeah, man, that, that's great. And, you know, it sounds like you've kind of got it all set up now and it's rolling. And um, so why don't you tell us where we can actually find you online on social media and support you? Uh, well, Mystic Malones, that is my gamer tag, YouTube name and Twitch name. M-Y-S-T-I-K-M-O-L-O-N-E-Z. It's actually funny with that. I, I picked that name. I mean, you, you know this. Most people in New York, they know me as Maloney or Malone Bone. Um, so I was like, I got to put that in. And then I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan when it comes to MMA and fighting. And they call him Mystic Max. So I was like, well, it'd be cool to call myself Mystic Malones. So that's how I came up with the name. But uh, on Instagram, it's actually my 
uh, it's Mystic Malone. There's no Z at the end. Uh, that was a problem on my end, and I can't fix it. But uh, that's that's pretty much where you can find me when it comes to streaming or YouTube or anything like that. If you if you come to my Instagram account, then you'll know when I'm streaming or when I have a YouTube video up and all that stuff. Great. Yeah. Well, hey guys, go ahead and check out uh, James on Instagram and and all the the different channels where he's he's uh, broadcasting and support him. Give him a follow and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's going well, man. And I hope it keeps, keeps growing and definitely we might have to check in with you again when, uh, you know, you're building up even more of a following. So hopefully this can kind of be a, you know, a good kind of starting point for people who want to know more about esports, and then also, you know, maybe check out your stuff and learn a little bit. So that'd be great. We also want to, you know, dive into a few other topics while we have you on. So why don't we, why don't we go ahead and, you know, March Madness just just ended this weekend and Virginia came out on top. So why don't we just kind of quickly dive into your thoughts on the whole March Madness and um, and uh, did you have a good bracket? What happened there? Right. Well, yeah. With this being a manly podcast, we should probably talk about some type of manly sport. But um, <laughs> hey, maybe esports will be the new manly sport. Uh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, being a basketball player, you know, obviously college basketball, you know, March Madness is everything. So it, it's fun to watch. My bracket was horrible. Uh, did not do well when it came to you know making my bracket but mm-hmm. um you know i was i've grown up a duke fan i always loved duke so you know they were kind of like the the team to watch this year i guess you can say with zion williamson and rj barrett you know they were like you know showtime is coming in so it was cool watching them but uh living here in virginia where i'm at now of course everyone is excited that virginia won um and yeah, I mean the the game before the final game, you know, the, the ending to that was so crazy. I was watching it at the bowling alley. That's the sport I do now. We don't need to get into that. That is definitely not a manly sport, <laughs> but uh, that is the sport that I do now. I retired from basketball and now I'm a bowler. But um, <laughs> hey, hey, you got you got to do what you got to do. Man. Hey, you got to do something. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, I mean, like, but yeah, down in Virginia, I, I that totally slipped my mind. But yeah, you're down there now, so it must be crazy. I mean, they win it all for the first time ever. Like right. the tournament it was nuts for them. I mean, they had so many close calls, like the floater that that guy had against Purdue. You know, the foul shots off the three pointer against Auburn. Right, uh, and then the three pointer with just like 12 seconds left in the final. So I mean, there was just some. It was like they were destined to win it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually had them winning it all. Um, which if you go back to my, my intro, like my, uh, preview for March Madness, I said I had Duke, but I, I did say on that episode that I, I was up to change it, you know, with, <laughs> within minutes of the actual, uh, tip off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did change it to Virginia just because I figured, Hey, everyone's going to have Duke. So let me switch it over to Virginia. And, you know, I felt like it was a long shot, but you know, they were still a one seed. So I said, what the heck? And they ended up pulling it out. So, you know. It was definitely like an amazing story for them, never having won it and having a historic comeback after last year's loss to a 16 seed in the first round. Right. Yeah. And then to come back this year and actually go and win it all. So, 
Yeah, man, it must be crazy down there in Virginia for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, especially when that night when they beat Auburn, because I was at the bowling alley there, and they had it on the TVs, and everyone was watching it. So it was it, it was kind of cool watching all of that. Now, it, it did get frustrating for a moment because uh, none of the people there played basketball or no basketball you know all they know is bowling so just kind of hearing the comments that they're making <laughs> and all of that i was just like oh my god so i i quickly ran down to my buddy who played basketball down here he's a little bit older than me but uh he was a good player down here and i was just like dude you gotta save me it's just they're talking down there and it makes no sense and he started laughing but i mean when when they won that game which uh guy the guy that uh, got fouled on the three and made the f- three free throws. I mean, God, so clutch. I, I mean, I, I was a decent shooter back in the day. I probably would have missed all three if you would have put me on the line. <laughs> I mean, most I think most people would struggle in that moment. And he looked like he was just like shooting in his driveway. Right. I mean, it was it was wild. He just looked confident as can be. And, you know, the way he was shooting, it's like he knew they were going in every time. So you got to give it to them. I mean, it's like they even, even though like there was some controversial stuff, maybe some missed travel calls or double dribbles or whatever it was. It's like, or, you know, or you shouldn't maybe call a foul in the last shot. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, people will say that, but you know, he did what he had to do. And so did the rest of the team, like in those clutch moments. So I have no problem with the way it turned out as far as, you know, I don't think anyone was really cheated. I think it was it was a nice ending um, for Texas Tech. I mean, obviously a little heartbreaking for them because, you know, they just they have not made it to that point either. And no one thought they'd be in that game. And, you know, they had one heck of a defense. And, you know, so that was it was good. It was a good matchup. And I, I think I fell asleep halfway through the game just because I was exhausted. And I woke up like with two minutes left and went to overtime. So definitely a, a nice ending to March Madness, right. um, you yeah. know, so. Like I said, like you mentioned, Duke went down earlier than most people thought. Liberty, my alma mater, uh, won its first ever tournament game. So, you know, fan the flames. <laughs> so that, that was fun uh, to watch. And I didn't really think they were going to go too far. So to see them get one uh, was cool. And, you know, hopefully that'll bring in some more recruits. And then I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole Izzo thing? Because like some people will say like, oh, he lost. He's lost more final four games than he's won. Uh, how many co- or you know, how many coaches ever even get to that game. So it's kind of like, you know, people are giving him a hard time for, you know, getting far in the tournament and not winning. And then also there was a thing about him yelling at players and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think that's just good coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I uh, yeah, I, I have, you know, no, no understanding of why people are criticizing the guy for getting, you know, getting to these games regularly, even if he's not winning them. Um, so, you know, like anyone who's basketball knows he's a hall of fame coach. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, even like my uncle, when it comes to business, he says, uh, he says all the time, numbers don't lie, but liars tell numbers. So you look at it, I mean, regardless, you mm-hmm. know, of getting there and then failing and failing, the fact of the matter is he's still getting there. And I mean, grow, right. growing up as an athlete, of course, you you know, not every coach coaches the same. You come across a coach that is aggressive, yells at you, he might be, you know, an ass. Um, but then your next coach could be the nicest guy ever. So, you know, coaching style that comes, you know, it, it could be one way or it could be the other way. You know, I understand it, especially, you know, like you said, from a college basketball standpoint, going to the Hall of Fame, phenomenal coach. But you know, sometimes, you know, people 
always paint the picture, even in the NBA, like the first people that should always get fired are the coaches. But in my opinion, the coach can only do so much. He can try to give you the best method to winning the game, whether it's basketball, football, whatever it might be. But if you're the player on the field and you cannot do your job and make that shot or um, play defense correctly, get that rebound, well, then that kind of comes down to you. You can only put so much on the coach. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a coin flip and all that, but I understand it. But Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I've been saying that about – you know, the Jets even uh, for a while, it's like they get these coaches and then, you know, three years later, the coach is fired. And it's like, well, in that three years, did the GM make the team better? You know, did the, did the players get out there? Like the players that were out there, were they like good enough to win? I mean, how much can you put on a coach? And um, and also, like you're saying, the execution, it's like you may have the players, but are they getting it done in those crunch crunch time moments? And, you know, the coach can prepare them only so far so. Um, which I do think the UVA coach did like a great job right. with his guys to, yep. to be ready for those moments. I mean, you know, he's also like a stand-up guy, preaches mm-hmm. awesome values with them, you know, um, you know, integrity, honor, respect, those types of things. And, you know, they go out there though, and they're, they're just, they deliver in those moments and they, you could see like they're a tight knit unit and that, that I think does come down to the coaching. And, mm-hmm. um, I think he did a great job there and it paid off obviously. Right. So. I totally agree with you. I mean, the, the guy, guy, it, what a crazy last name, but you know, him making those <laughs> three free throws, you know, that's a matter of him making those three free throws. The coach can prepare him and say, you know, you're, you're running two and 22s all day. And then I want you to shoot 500 free throws you know, he could prepare him for that. But in that moment, he's got to be the guy that makes those three free throws and that's on him. And he ended up doing it. They ended up pulling out the game, you know, it, so, you know, it, it's, it's 50, 50, you know, if you've been an athlete, then you can understand, you know, my perspective on it, that it comes down to the player. But if you're not really, I mean, like involved in sports to an extent, you know, but yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it, yeah, that's the thing is I, you always see these like, you know, keyboard warriors and a lot of yeah. them just, they just don't have athletes. You know? uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, if, if you know sports, if you played them, you know, you know how important coaching is, but you also know how important the players are. And it's like you can't it's not one or the other. It's it's both. So right. uh, speaking of people in leadership, though, um, you know, something crazy happened yesterday and mm-hmm. I was reading like. You know, a lot of people did not expect this, but Magic Johnson stepping down as president of basketball operations for the Lakers. And this was a shock to even LeBron, um, you know, and a lot of people, you see like people like Stephen A all freaking out on social media, like what's going on here. Um, so, you know, why don't you, you tell me if you, you looked into that at all and, and, and what, what's going on with that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting subject, which the, the one thing I forgot to say, um, the one kid on UVA, Jerome, he actually grew up right by us. He grew up in New Rochelle in Westchester. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, Tim, uh, do you remember Tim Earhart? He was a little younger than us. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he said to me on Xbox the other day, we were talking about the game, and he was just like, yeah, that guy, he grew up like right in Westchester and all that, and he was playing on UVA. Wow. Um, wow. Sidetrack, sorry, but back yeah, to, no, back, to what we were, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. But uh, yeah, I, I looked into it and all that, and you know, once again, of course, there's controversy with everything. 
I I understand the decision that Magic Johnson made and listening to someone like Stephen A or Skip Bayless, they brought up an interesting point that, you know, Magic Johnson was arguably one of the best point guards to ever play and played for such a, you know, historic franchise, the Lakers. And the thing that he was gifted at doing was playing basketball. So when it comes into being, you know, more of a managerial role, the business side of it, you know, you, it's like going from coach to player. They're two totally different things. And there, there was just kind of so much controversy going around with the Lakers this year. You know, they don't make the playoffs. It's the first time LeBron hasn't made the playoffs since like 2004. So I think it, it kind of all caught up with him and he just – you know, didn't want any part of it and just kind of wanted to back away, which I understand that, you know, sometimes you get in too deep and, you know, you don't know when to stop. And then it's just a matter of flipping a switch and it's just like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. So I think, yeah, I think, I think his quote actually, I think his quote actually, when they were talking about next year was he just said, I'm out. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I get it. I, I don't, think it's that crazy i mean i was looking into some of his reasoning and uh what i gathered from it was you know uh kind of like you're saying like he he enjoys that role but he also enjoys other roles and i think uh he he said something like he likes being the big brother almost to players in the league who you know who who he wants to mentor and and work with and support by going to their games and he can't really do that as the executive you know in an executive leadership position at right. uh you know one team so you know it's like he he wanted more freedom i think and the ability to do different things and you know i don't blame him i mean he has plenty of money he doesn't need yeah, that right. job i think he did it kind of out of love for the lakers and love for the fans and um you know maybe it was just it wasn't fun anymore for him. And he's like, Hey, you know, I want a a different angle and I want to approach this different, but it is funny to see how everyone kind of freaks out over these things. And, um, you know, turns it into this huge story when it's just like, you know, yeah, he's, he's rich. He wants to do something else, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, right. Um, The world we live in now is one little story can become the biggest news story in the world. Yeah, and they'll carry it uh-huh. for as long as they can until there's another one. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Lakers, they're definitely in a little bit of trouble right now. They're not doing so hot, but, um, you know, who knows what will happen next year. I mean, my Brooklyn Nets are doing okay and and uh, made the playoffs. They clinched. Right, and, Russell, you know, he's killing it ever since he went to um, the Nets. I know it was like from disappointment to like star. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. And, you know, my brother Ryan, who's normally on with us, uh, he, you know, he's a huge Nets fan. And I mean, I grew up a Nets fan, but it's like, you know, the last five years or so it's been rough being a Nets fan and, you know, not even really admitting it that you are, or not even keeping up with the team, but it seems like they're finally turning a corner. They have some youth, you know, and now they're, they clinched a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs, but you know, it's, it's, you know, I'd rather be getting to the playoffs than being that team. That's just hoping for a high draft pick. Right. Um, yeah. Even though you don't like maybe not get the best player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. You don't necessarily get the best prospect in the draft, but at least, you know, your team's like almost there. Right. So I think it's pretty cool to see the Nets and, um, you're, are you a Knicks fan? Is that am I correct? No, honestly, I, I actually am a Nets fan. I oh, you are yeah. okay. So we're 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 in good uh, good company here. Yeah. So um, I remember <laughs> when they well when they moved to Brooklyn, I I kind of stopped following them. 
But I back when they played at the Meadowlands, when they were like the original New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, and Richard Jefferson, I was a huge fan. I would go to games all the time. But then, yeah, that's um, when that's when I went. Yeah. So it, it was like you grew up, yeah, with those guys. And for us living, we're not in the city, you know. So it's like we were outside the city in New York. So to get to the Meadowlands a little bit easier than going into, you know, Brooklyn, obviously. So right. Um, tough to keep up a little bit with with that. And you know, they then they started to not be so good. So it was like, oh, why are we even watching this? So, mm-hmm. but ni- nice to see them on the rise, I think. Yeah. I mean, they, they've come a long way. I mean, it, it's like mo- most teams are, you're going through that. I mean, of course you have your teams, which, you know, no matter what sport it is, it could be the Yankees in baseball, or it could be the Patriots in football. You know, there, there's always those top tier teams that are always good, but those middle level teams, you know, they go through phases of, being pretty good, make it to the playoffs, but then all of a sudden they go through like a rebuilding phase. And, you know, that's kind of what the Nets went through with the move from Jersey to Brooklyn. And, you know, even the Knicks, if you're a Knicks fan, that's what they're kind of going through right now, you know, trying to trying to get some draft picks and get, you know, they, they've got a decent team. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just the way it is with those middle level teams. But you look at a team, you know, like the Philadelphia 76ers. Now they've got some great young players coming up with some older players to give them knowledge and help them. And now they're, uh, you know, they're a pretty good playoff team and, you know, hopefully they can make a run at it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few teams that you just don't, you haven't heard in a while right. doing well. And it's kind of cool to see them now. Uh, you know, competing. So, you know, a team like the Bucks, you know, so right. it's kind of like, it's cool example. to see these teams kind of, yeah, to come up from nothing to now <laughs> top of, you know, top of the league. And, you know, hopefully someone could challenge the Warriors this year. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But <laughs> I'm I, leaning you know, towards the no side. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they got a little bit of an all star roster yeah. uh, put together there. But um, you know, maybe one of them twists an ankle and, you know, God forbid, you I'm just saying, know, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> why would you but, wish uh, that? <laughs> I don't wish that. I'm just saying, you never, you never know what you could happen, know. you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, someone could sneak in and I don't know. They're, I feel like they're so deep. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But, God, um, I swear if that happens, James, you are immediately going to get a text message from me. Look what you did. <laughs> yeah, I put it on the broadcast and right. it came true. See, like if you go listen to our March Madness podcast uh, before this one, you know, some of the guys I had on made some pretty bold predictions and they turned out to be true. And, you know, maybe this podcast is driving all sorts of sports, you know, outcomes. So who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, man, I mean. Thanks. Thanks for talking with us, though. Thanks for, you know, diving into esports and uh, March Madness and some of the NBA as well. And we'll have to have you on again. And maybe when Ryan's on, we could we could chat it up a little bit more about the Nets or, uh, you know, or anything, man. But uh, right, we kind of you know, went everyone... a little all over the place on this podcast. <laughs> We did. We did. But, you know, we, we had a lot to cover and it's been a few weeks since we've had a show and uh, wanted to give give the people a little extra. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a pleasure having you on and, uh, make sure everyone you go follow James on, on everything again. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have to have you on again soon, James, but, uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on my man. Of course, James, anytime, buddy. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and head over to our Apple podcast page, Manly Sports. Scroll on down to the bottom and write us a nice little review. Maybe throw in a five-star rating. We really appreciate it as we continue to grow and try to reach more people. It really helps us if you go and leave us a review. Also, go ahead and share this podcast on all of your social media if you want to help us out. Uh, Go ahead and text it to your friends. And if you have an old person in your life, maybe send them an email. Uh, So we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us. This is the Manly Sports Podcast.